Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Seven. And former NFL linebacker Joe Mays. Mays missed him first. And in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind. Players only. Presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Chiefs fandom? The Chiefs family? Everything is Chiefs. Always good. All around this uh, city and around uh, the footprint. We are back. Yep. Another Thursday night in the building. We are players only. We got Joe Mays, eight-year NFL veteran in the house. What's going on, Joe? Oh, man, I'm chilling. What's going on with you? I'm chilling like Bob Dylan. Uh-oh. We got Sean Barber. Let me just say, I was prepared for him not to be here tonight. Oh, He had right. texted us earlier saying that he had more important things to do than to be with us. But now he has decided that he will grace us with the first quarter of the show. By the way, the first quarter is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. So I don't know if I should take that as a slap in the face or like we should feel like honored to have Sean Barber here just for one segment. Well, he told I I don't know about you, but he told me he was going to stay here just so he can do the intro. That was it. And he just going to walk out, drop the mic and walk out. You want my people to call your people? <laughs> <laughs> now I got a, I got a booking agent. Now y'all didn't know I won an Emmy. Oh, we oh. didn't talk about that. Oh, whoa. what Emmy did you win? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Yeah, whoa. I mean, what Emmy did you win? Whoa, so me, you know yeah, what I mean. I need so to hear about when, this. Yeah, I won an Emmy. Uh, me and Anna Tompkin and uh, uh, Matt McMullen and uh, the, the the crew oh, over. Oh, for Chiefs Rewind and Chiefs Field Pass for the AFC Championship game last year uh, was awarded an Emmy. Nice. And so to be on an Emmy-winning production, all my all my appearance costs went up. So I was like, <laughs> I called my people. My people called the station. Now you like, got people. Now yeah. all of a sudden you got people because you like, went Sean, on like, hey, man, you might you might not be a do players only no more. They ain't. They can't. Call, they can't, we can't afford you. Can't you afford not in our budget now. So I was trying to be nice and say, hey man, I might not be at the this show. This is a farewell. This is a farewell show. You know what I mean? So the way I think the way it worked was what they was paying me only covers the first quarter. 
<laughs> so after the course first quarter, I got to bounce. You got to bounce. Pastor Domus is in yeah. the building, man. Yeah, hey, I mean, I was about to give you a little bit of extra time because I know oh, it's, it's it's fantasy football Ooh, playoff time, it's and it's uh you know last man standing mm. time, and you you standing at the top. So I was going to give you a little props, but now that you're only staying for a segment. We're going to get away from that anyway. <laughs> For everyone out there, the phone lines is open. The text line is open, 913-576-7610. 913-576-7610. While we have Sean Barber gracing us with his presence, we got to recap this Broncos game. As always, the first quarter, we designate for the recap. Chiefs beat the Broncos last week. Barbershop, what was your thoughts on it? Man, I break it down this way. I know that you look at the run uh, per carry average for the Broncos, and people see this stat, like about 6.8 or something like that. And I say, when you, when you look behind the numbers and you see there was one carry for about 60 yards. So if you take the take that, that one carry out, where we, we can't, you know, that one play out, the Broncos are averaging like 3.3 yards. That's, that's terrible as far as the NFL is concerned. Yep. And then you took about the Chiefs, who are averaging around 5.8 per carry or almost 6 yards 6.1. 6.1 a carry. To me, that's a phenomenal day. And so, it, you know, the numbers can be skewed so many different ways. I, I think it just takes a, you know, when you look at the line of scrimmage and you take away all the stats, the Chiefs' offensive line, won the line of scrimmage. The defensive line won the line of scrimmage. So let's just break it down to that. The line of scrimmage was won by the Chiefs, and so that is what I think was the key to victory. Uh, you know what, man? I, I actually thought it was I thought it was going to be – I thought it was a good game by the Broncos, really, when you look at it. I mean, they were able to run the ball successfully, um, especially in between those two guards. They kept on pulling guards around, yeah. and those were the plays that they were really gashing. Yep. And I think whenever you – the takeaways from a game like this where it should have been a blowout, but it wasn't, it was relatively close. You have to look at, you know, what the, what the Chiefs, where the Chiefs are, are kind of lacking in. And, and I think it's been, it's been placed out there every single game, every single week that, you know, they've been having a hard time stopping the run. And yeah. this really, really, it truly exposed them. So I think, uh, you know, just going from this game forward, they really have the, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they need to do. I, I can't tell you. I don't know if it's extra, you know, uh, extra physicality during practice, had the pads on a little extra time, more hitting. I don't know what it's going to take, but it, but something has to give because they can't keep coming out, coming out there and continuing to, and to give these teams these opportunities to, to rush the ball and keep their offense off the field. It's just not, it's not, it's not winning football. Yeah, you know what? I, I understand that. And I, I totally, totally. Uh, get it. Uh, I th- I, I'm kind of in between both you and Barbershop. I, I think, you know, sometimes it's tough for people to say, okay, well, let's take this one play out and really grasp everything. But I get it because in reality, they were pretty much, to me, they were for a team that came in or wants to come in and have that game plan, like you said, Joe, run game keeps Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. Yep. Every team has thought about it. Everything, every team is pro- you know, prepared for it. But as soon as they get within those lines, they get away from it because they feel like they got to hurry up and score. Yep. And uh, I thought it was smart by the Broncos to move Drew Locke out of the pocket, a lot of the quarter boots and full bootlegs, to move him away from the pressure and, and get him to one side of the field where he can focus on one side of the field's receivers mm-hmm. as opposed to having to scan the full field. Uh, on a side note, I think the Denver Broncos have done Drew, Bro- uh, Drew Locke a, a total disservice in drafting him in the second round, second year in, putting him behind a quarterback in Joe Flacco, who, to me, is not necessarily the epitome of 
a, a coaching up type of quarterback that knows that his days are numbered like Alex Smith. We had a luxury. Alex Smith to me was aces yeah. in that. Yep. And I don't see that, well, whether it's Cam Newton, Joe Flacco, some, some, some guys just don't give you the aura that they are going to be willing to coach up young talent behind them. Uh, and then to have Vic Fangio, who's a defensive-minded head coach, I just don't think – I think the, the, everything was against Drew Locke with that organization. They have not been successful drafting quarterbacks. And to me, they, you can't be wrong as many times as they have on the quarterbacks. At some point, it's got to be about the people around those people. So not that I'm trying to you know, take some, some off of Drew Locke because I've known him since he was six years old. But I also look at that game, that game plan, and I just, it just seems like a recipe for disaster and putting him – in a position to be successful yeah. against a, against a team like the Chiefs, which you know what, who 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 knows, he may not have been successful against the Chiefs anyway. But just seeing how that game unfolded uh, told the tale. Let, you know what? Let's get some credit to the Dem, uh, the Broncos defense. I thought they did a pretty good job too. Um, you know, by by keeping the Chiefs' offense to field goals. Yeah, I mean, red you, zone defense. They came in as one of the best in the league, yep. and they show that. Yeah. And, and you know what? you got to tip your cap to a team you know, that's really good in one phase of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're on defense, to me, if you can be really good in red zone defense, there, there's a lot of points that you take off the board against you. Unfortunately, their offense can't put points up to surpass that. But I agree with you, Joe. And, and again, I'm going to go into the zone of, of Barbershop and what he talked about, about the 165-yard run. If you go back to the, why I knew this game was going to be a close game, one, it's the 11th straight time that the Chiefs beat the Broncos. I don't care who you are, what team you are, how bad you are, or what have you. You have pride and ego, and you're playing a team in your division. You're going to fight. That doesn't necessarily yep. mean you're going to win, but you're going to fight. So I knew in that instance that the Broncos were going to step up and play hard. Uh, the other factor was... Um, that they were going to be a, a, a team that after a week of being a laughingstock in the NFL for not having one quarterback available for a game against the Saints and having to lose that game, to me, you can't come out without any pride and dignity and try to fight. Go back to the first game against the Broncos this year. We had a pick six, a kickoff return for a touchdown, and a late touchdown by Chad Henney. Uh, during garbage time. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the same vein of, of what Barbershop was talking about earlier, you take away those three instances that don't happen every game, and that game is 21-16. to 16. So it, 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 I just put all that, package it up, in the fact that expecting tight games, even with teams that have losing records, mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking about a team that's really good in one phase, uh, should not be surprising to everybody. And and this is a pr- this conversation will probably be repeated in some respect in about three weeks when we're about to face the, the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers uh, are going to be playing spoilers for the rest of this season, and that last game, could there could be a lot on the line. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're a fairly talented team. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm still surprised at, at you know the record and, and how they're continuing to come out, and, and they can't close games. Yeah. But well, they, they wet the bed last week. Oh yeah, you know, yeah it was I mean, bad it against was bad. the Patriots, and that might ignite a Patriots team to be back into the playoff mix. And who knows what can happen from there? But yeah, yeah, true. they definitely wet the bed last week 
uh, against the uh, Patriots. But yeah, the Broncos game is behind us. The second time this season, 11 straight wins against an AFC West rival. And um, we did enough to win the game. And sometimes yeah. that's just how it all unfolds. The other team gets paid too. I think a lot of fans, I think Barbershop, you were talking about this with CDOT on the show earlier. A lot of times fans get the mindset of because you're a better football team, you should blow everybody out. Uh, I looked on the stats, and Barbara, I'd like to hear your opinion on this since you're only with us for another three or four minutes. Did you hear the sarcasm <laughs> in my voice? Um, that 16 games happened this week. I believe only six were outside of one-score games. That's just this past weekend. I'm going to look at this every week going forward because I always hear, whether it's through social media or what have you, the Chiefs are so much better. They're playing with fire. They're all these different things. And granted, they are the best team in the NFL. I believe that. But you're not going to win every game by 10-plus points. They started the season off on that kind of stretch uh, around the Raiders' loss. But we're playing close games, and we're figuring out how to, wait, how to win. I just think smart offensive football is you try to find a way to score early, start fast, try to create some um, some flow to the offense. Rhythm, yep. call, some rhythm in the offense. And then you go in the second half, make adjustments, and then you try to create a uh, spread in the game. You want to create a league that's over two scores. Because you feel like once you get a two-score game ahead, you can start to run the clock out, and then you know it, it's, it's for you to go win. And I think that's something the Chiefs did with that last drive, um, getting the ball on the 15-yard line and being able to pound, run the ball, control the clock, and in that drive with a, a field goal that basically put the game out of reach. And that was, a, to me, an, a, 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 a wisely executed offensive game plan. Defensively, it's the same thing. You want to go out and start a defensive ball game. You know what the team is used to doing, what you see on film, how they used to come and attack you. So you play kind of a vanilla. You, know, you don't want to be overly aggressive and give them the early touchdowns. You just want to keep them snapping the ball and making sure that they're doing the exact same thing that you saw on film. And then at halftime, you make your adjustments and you try to shut them down. And I, and I think if you look at both sides of the ball, that's exactly what we did. And then when, when the kicking phase, every time you're called to go out on the field, you want that ball to go between the uprights. And, that, and, and I don't know if it gets any simpler than that. You, yeah. don't, you don't go out and try to beat teams by 13 points because you're 13. But you want one more point. Yeah. I, yeah. I, want, I want one more point than the other team. You don't have to beat no Vegas spread. Yeah. You don't got to do none of that. Nobody in the facility thinks about that. No. To win, all the fans though. out there, they want a W. A win. It right? could be three to two. You can have, you can have a, a, a safety, and we could kick a field goal yeah, to no. end the game, and we are just as happy as if it was 50 to nothing. True. So nobody wants to hear about, I mean, we played the game of our lives, and then the other team uh, came back in the last two, three minutes. <laughs> I mean, but we played, you know, uh, you know, 54 minutes of great football and great, you know, and, but you still lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would rather play, I would rather play crappy for 50 minutes and turn it on for 10 minutes and somehow eke out a win. So now I can just say, all right, all right we found we a way to w. win. Yep. We, we, we fought throughout the whistle. We found a way. And now we're going to take this film and go work on it and get better. But we still got the dub, right? Yep. So that's the, at the end of the day, you ask uh, 90% of the people in football, man, you, you sacrifice way too much time during the week to walk away with an L. And so what we're doing right now, um, as a, a complete organization, top down from Andy to Pat to everybody else, everybody in this organization is trying to win winning football to create momentum going into a playoffs with the hopes of going back to back. And you talk about the momentum, and I think that's key because just like last year during that Super Bowl run, 
we had not arrived as a complete football championship level team at this time of the season. Yep. Maybe in the next two weeks and then that roll through the playoffs like we had last year, you saw a complete football offense, defense, special teams. And I would say if any team wants to be a Super Bowl champ, they better not be the best they are for the season right now in the beginning of December. You better not be the best you could possibly be uh, just in the beginning of the fourth quarter of the season. You better still be climbing, having some potential that you can tap into that when January or that first week of January comes and you're in that wild card playoffs, that you hit your stride and you can take that momentum and carry it through the postseason. Yeah, I think you saw that with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody's kind of feeling that right now. Everybody's saying that, you know, even though they was the last team to lose, they, they kind of hit their peak around week 10. Yep. And then it, because of defensive injuries and people, that next man mentality not being able to step up, yeah. the running game not really being something that constant. And now it's like everybody is relying on Big Ben. Yeah. At his age to try to win ball games and, and pass week 10 at the end of the season, and it's all in, in 10, uh, eight, eight, eight or so drop balls by the yeah, by receivers. Star, star receivers to you know kill drives, miss field. Like, all the, like Big Ben, can't, he can't overcome all those type of things, no matter how good that ball team is. And defensively, they lost key key players, big-time yep. players. Devin Bush, Bud Dupree. Yep. Yeah, and they continue. They lost a linebacker today. Lost the other star linebacker. Uh, 41. Yeah, no, yeah. not 41. Uh, the other one, 97? We'll figure that out. Middle we linebacker, 98. 98, 90. Vince Williams. They lost Vince Williams oh, today. So, yeah, yeah a lot going on around the league, and that's our recap of the Broncos game. They are behind us. They are in the wind. Done. And we got the Miami Dolphins coming up this week. We won't get to them until about the fourth quarter of this show. Again, this is players only each Thursday night, 6 to 7. When we come back from break, the COVID pandemic, and I want to get you guys' perspectives of an athlete and we'll dig deeper into that when we get back this is players only with damon hughes and joe mays on 610 sports radio all right we're back players only in the building joe mays and i am damon hughes former chiefs here each and every week during the football season 6 to 7 p.m and our players only for the new listeners out there. It's just a roundtable discussion of things that goes on on the field, off the field, our experiences with the Chiefs when we played, since we've been playing, or since we finished playing, our roles now. Joe has the Leia Center yes, yes. downtown. If you want some cryotherapy, a massage, uh, salt, what is salt sauna, salt water yeah. sauna. Yeah, yeah, um, infrared, infrared sauna. Infrared sauna. Yeah, what else steam, you guys got? Steam, steam. canopy, uh, yeah. hyperbaric chamber. Y- Yanni? Yeah, I mean, for the women, if you want to yeah. get, get a, a Yoni steam, Yoni, you can do that yep. too. It, and if you don't know what it is, look it up because, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go into too much detail and, <laughs> you can't. and, and have people bleep, bleeping me out on, on, on show. So, yeah, look that up. We have that there too. So if you just want to come in, just relax um, and just take a day off, come, come and see us at the yeah. Layer Center. Go see Joe at the Leia Center. He and his wife do an outstanding job uh, down there. My wife and I, barbershop, several people here from Intercom have yeah. gone down there and partaken of mostly all of his services. I, I want to say just about all the services. So yeah, I don't think you did it. You, did, you didn't do the Yanni thing. Yeah, I didn't do the Yanni. I'll, I'm going to leave that for the wifey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so and, and myself, I'm here and hopefully everybody's listening and tuning in to the Wolf 106.5. Uh, during the games. I am the color analyst with Mitch Holtus, and 
Obviously, the winning season makes it for a really, really fun season, my first year doing that, and we really appreciate all of the support, and uh, we just want you to kind of continue to listen to us. So uh, we have fun on this each and every week. If you are a first-time listener or hadn't listened very much, the text line, we get a lot of activity. Phone lines as well, 913-576-7610. Those are both open, but I wanted to tackle... A couple of things. So when we were playing Lamar Hunt and Carl Peterson, for me, uh, really instilled the value of giving back in the community. And mm-hmm. back in my days, you know, I, hate, I always hate to say that. Back in my days, you around old, the base. Because you old as dirt. I know. Around the base <laughs> of the stadium, you had all of our pictures with our foundations. And we did a lot of not just writing checks and taking pictures, but a lot of guys dug into those foundations. Heck, Kevin Lockett still has his foundation from when he played to this day. So uh, it's really been something that was ingrained in us from early on. And we still, as the Chiefs ambassadors here in Kansas City and a lot of the alumni here, we still like to give back. So there's a couple of things I wanted to announce, and I'll try hopefully have time later as a uh, Everybody here at 610 has really been great supporting us. But for the Chiefs Ambassadors and the Hunt Family Foundation, the 50-50 raffle that's going on at the Chiefs home games, this year the, the Chiefs Ambassadors will be the recipient, or I should say the Chiefs Ambassadors Charities will be the recipient of the 50-50 uh, raffle. So if you are out there, there are other people, there are other families, um, I was actually at a pawn shop yesterday because I was I was looking for something. I don't I, I was looking for something. I thought I lost something. I wanted to see maybe you know somebody went and swiped it or whatever. And um, I paid for somebody. I saw a lady walk in and she still owed a hundred something dollars on her on her game uh, her game machine for her kid. Mm. And I whispered to the guy. I was like, you know, how much does she owe? And then I ran out to the car before she left because she was dejected. She was like, you know, what, how much time do I still have here? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I paid that bill. Oh, that's awesome. Gave, now, I don't say that to be puffing my chest out. It kind of goes in line with what I'm talking about in regards to giving back in the community and recognizing that there are people, especially during this COVID situation, that are in much worse situations. So uh, if you can tap into your generous side, your... Your charitable side, uh, the Chiefs Ambassadors, you go to kcchiefsraffle.5050central.com or you can go into the KC Chiefs website and click around to the Chiefs 5050 raffle. That would be great. 100 tickets for $20, 10 tickets for $10, 3 tickets for $5, and it goes to a worthy cause. Also, I have been chosen. I'm excited to be named the 2020 Most Wanted Honoree for Big Brothers Big Sisters. So over these next couple of weeks, I'll be raising as much money as I can for Big Brothers Big Sisters. So if you'd like to support my campaign, text Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, to 44321. 44-3-2-1. That's for Big Brothers Big Sisters here in Kansas City. I wanted to make sure we got that out there. And Barbershop... Uh, Part of, um, you know, it's cool that he left. He had to go, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, his circumstances in the next segment. But he is one of the leaders of the Chiefs Ambassadors right now, the, the co-director about to move into the director role. 
and he does an amazing, amazing amount of charitable endeavors around Kansas City, yep. speaking engagements, fundraising. He's always texting us about uh, just things to do, Zoom calls with kids' foundations, kids' TLC and camp quality and you know, because we can't be in person in a lot of places, we're doing a lot of Zoom. Hey, Merry Christmas from the Chiefs, Chiefs ambassadors and so on. So uh, props to him and to a lot of the Chiefs ambassadors and a lot of guys around town. I say all that. I preface all of that with <laughs> <laughs> these are tough times. Yeah. And guys go through tough situations. And if anybody knows about our show, we, we have a lot of fun, but we talk about what's real yep. in regards to players. And oftentimes... Players don't get the benefit of the doubt. Now, a lot of people will sit there and say, well, they make a lot of money. That's the name of the game. No, it's not. They're human. We're human. Uh, and, and you have circumstances that come up in your lives that uh, show you that, that yeah. reveal, oh, yeah. <laughs> reveal to you how human you are, regardless of how much money you make per year for playing a game. So I, wanna, I just wanted to take some time, and I wanna bring, I'll probably bring this topic up again later in the season before the end of the season, uh, the perspectives of a pro athlete. Because I think sometimes they get washed away because people don't want to generally have sympathy for athletes mm -hmm. because it's always about the money or it's about the fame quality. Yeah, Not recognizing that, hey, this dude may be going through COVID, may have family members going through COVID, may have family members passing away. I had family members pass away while I was playing back in Jersey where I grew up. And I couldn't go because I had to play. Yep. Um, so, you know, I just I asked you before the show, Joe, about personal experiences and how maybe if any had caused you a conflict with your your way of life, mm -hmm. which was either playing football or even in college leading up to your dream, how you felt like uh, the pressures of wanting to make it mm -hmm. had to take a front seat or put in the back seat some personal things that every other student athlete was able to partake of or in your adulthood playing for the yeah. Chiefs and knowing that anybody working for Sprint, Cerner, or any other company around town could be able to take sick leave, uh, bereavement leave, uh, whatever, and be able to take care of stuff that mm -hmm. as athletes we were, we were not privy to. Yeah, you know what? Uh, <clears throat> so... I Fortunately, I haven't had, you know, haven't had to deal with something that kind of had to pull me away from, you know, having to perform or play a game or anything like that. But I think throughout my entire time in college, I've, I've always had to deal with, you know, having issues with family members. Yeah. And it was throughout my entire time in college. So I never really had that support system from home like you know every single student athlete has and you you were playing just for the listeners you were playing in north dakota state north up dakota in fargo yep. and you're from chicago from chicago yeah so I, I i always had issues with family um and it was always things that would that stem from you know childhood and teenage teenage years and and everything that that you kind of deal with growing up and becoming into becoming who you are yeah. you know and and dealing with you know the fact that you don't really have the best relationships with your mom, your dad, um, you know, and the rest of your family members, that was always something that, that, that kind of took a hold of me, even while I was, you know, still trying to be a student, even while I was still trying to be a good football player and do whatever I need to do. You know, it was something like that that always kind of pulled and tugged at me. So I think, you know, it, it just, I think more than anything, you know, with me having to deal with that, I kind of took that into a different place in my life where, 
I use that as motivation. Motivation, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I may not have a good relationship. I know they watch it. I know they're thinking about yeah. me. But I think at the end of the day, you know, whatever it is I'm thinking, whatever it, whatever it is that we kind of had a conversation about and whether it made me mad or anything like that, I kind of took that on the football field. Yeah. And I allow other people to, to kind of take that, whatever I'm willing to dish, mm-hmm. I allow them to take it. At this moment, you are my dad or yeah. you are, you know, whatever it is. If I'm talking to them, I'm talking to you. Yeah, and you know, I allow that to happen. And you know what's interesting, Joe, and I appreciate you sharing that. That instance and what you just explained for the listeners out there that may automatically think into a stereotypical kind of framework, that wasn't about race. No. It wasn't about fitting in a box of what maybe uh, sensationalized on TV. We all have some family issues. Mm-hmm. They are not just packaged into uh, you being a black man and, and maybe some people making assumptions that this person was gone, this person was on drugs, this per- all these this sensationalized stuff. Yeah. It was just real difference, indifference within your family, within yep. your walls. I see that out here in Overland Park. I've, I've, you know, I've coached kids. I mean, so it's not a black and white thing. No. I just wanted to make sure that we clarified that for myself. You know, I had family members pass away when I was in college. Uh, I didn't have the luxury of going from Iowa back home because we didn't have money and, and flying back and forth and having that, you know, stabilizing force. Yep. But that was my choice. I get it. Um, but, you know, as you move through into the pro ranks, there's no, there's no rest for the weary. There's no um, sympathy and I think, and one of the things that kind of gets me going on social media oftentimes is little quips and jabs at athletes, pro athletes, um, because they do something stupid or something unfolds. And I always say, there's no such thing as a dumb athlete. If you saw the playbook I had here a few weeks ago uh, and what we had to absorb to go out and play a full speed game when people are trying to decapitate us, you would not call anyone dumb. No. Now, I will say there are, athletes that do dumb things but there are humans that do dumb dumb things there are college students that do dumb things whether no matter what their tax uh rate is and how much money they make so uh it always kind of bugs me and and throws me jab because i want to say you people who are saying these things have common sense but you also recognize that most athletes don't have a forum to fight back right and most people don't care about the forum if an athlete whatever whatever is true but you have kids. I got five kids. Shout out. My son is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, my oldest son, who served uh, in the military, served in Afghanistan, has moved to California and has come back for my 50th birthday, which is tomorrow. Nice. So it was a, a great surprise. Uh, I pride myself on not being surprised a lot. So he caught me. The, him and my wife, they caught me yesterday. Did he, did he shed any tears? Oh, yeah. I got, they got me. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, um, so we have kids. We have kids. My youngest kid is a sophomore in college. So I had three, and I adopted my son right here. Uh, so he was my fourth while I was still playing football. Right, Joey? Yeah. Wow. I was still playing football. So imagine having the kids... Uh, old enough to read, old enough to see. Uh, back then, obviously, there wasn't much of social media or anything. Right. But think about it from this, from nowadays perspective, being able to see some of the things that are written and said about their dad. Um, I just think that sometimes people should take a step back on some of the criticism 
Uh, I'm not defending idiocy um, by athletes. I'm just, I'm just saying sometimes maybe kind of take a page out of the book of Herm Edwards where he said, think before you press send. Yep. And I think sometimes if we think about all of these other factors that are around an athlete, kids, parents, um, and some of the crazy innuendos and accusations and jabs and so on that goes on, it just kind of brought me into this focus this week because um, I had four family members pass away from COVID over the last week. Uh, My father-in-law has COVID and is in the hospital, also has a brain tumor. Uh, My wife's stepmother, who's married to my father-in-law, has COVID. We just went earlier today to a funeral of one of my wife's close friends here in Kansas City who passed away after getting pneumonia after COVID. Wow. And so things are real. And now you hear me always say things don't get real. Things ain't personal. You know, things don't get real until they become personal. And this is hitting personal. Uh, So I just wanted to kind of share all that, that, yeah, we're, you know, there's a lot going on in this world is a lot of charitable situations and experiences that we are still plugging away at, uh, but there's a lot of realness happening in people's lives. And um, as we go to break, wear your mask, social distance, be smart, care about the person next to you, care about somebody else you don't know. The text line asked me how happy was the lady from the 913 paying off her layaway, she cried. She cried. I didn't hug her because social distance. We had a mask. She cried. She thanked me up and down. And it wasn't even about that. I was just in the, I was just in the right place, right time, right frame of mind. I think we all should kind of lean on that. Be in the right frame of mind and care about the next person, even if it's an athlete that get paid, gets paid millions of dollars. No? Yeah. All right. So, hey, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about our, our Sean Barber. This may not be the two funnest segments that you guys have experienced with players only, but we got a lot to tackle, and we still got to talk about the Chiefs-Dolphins and this preview for this upcoming game. But we'll get back to you in a couple. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. Halftime's over. Extended first half a little bit. We got all out of sorts just a bit, but it was definitely something on our heart. And we appreciate you guys staying tuned in. Again, this is Players Only. Joe Mays here. And I am Danon Hughes here each and every week. We are normally graced for the full show with Sean Barber, but he had to jet out. Before we get into a little bit more about Barbershop, who's one of our brothers here, uh, we can go to the text line, Joe. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, and I'm looking at a text from 816 asking, what do you think about NDSU's performance against Kansas, against, against KU? I, I mean, you know, typically if, if they were playing KU any other year, they'd probably get blown out by like 30 or 40 points. But I believe they have the athletes on the team um, that they can actually keep up with some of these good teams. And they showed that it was a loss. But at the end of the day, you know, they only lost by four. So yeah. that, that was an awesome game that, that you know, that they played. And, and I'm, I'm thankful that they were able to show up and show out. Um, what's up, guys? I really and we. I'm looking at another text from seven eight five. What's up, guys? I really want to get my jerseys. I bought for you. I asked last week. Hey, look, I seen that text last week, but yeah. we lost so much time. Spec, we need an hour and a half. It's it's, it's kind of hard to demand it next year. We got negotiations. Yeah, we, yeah, Julio, we you could be our representative. Yeah, we need an hour and a half so we'd be able to go through all these texts. But yeah, you. I, 
785. You bought the jersey, send them. Yeah, send them over yeah, here to send Intercom. Them over. They'll get them to us. Speck will have them at his desk. Yeah. We'll sign them the next show, and then you can get them back. Pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, then we have another text from another 913 number saying Jamarcus Russell is dumb. No. No, he's he not dumb. He's made dumb decisions. Yeah, he's made dumb decisions. I mean, you know, he's a guy he, who came up from nothing. Like, I mean, I, I don't know, but I, I know I, w- I came up from nothing. So when, when I finally got money, I just wanted to spend it all yeah. on, on crazy stuff. And sometimes it just be like, it, sometimes it's like that. And you know what? I think he got caught in that situation. And I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because I remember specifically, I, I was fortunate enough that I signed a pro contract for baseball when I was still in college. Mm-hmm. So I was living up to that point. I was living off of $10 a week per diem. Man. Splitting pizzas with a bunch of other football players. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I got six figures in my bank account. So I always ask people, put your kids in that position. All the adult listeners out here, anybody over 40 years old that may have a 15 to 20-year-old, a 25-year-old kid, put your kid in that position. No matter how good they are, put them in that position where they have no money to a whole bunch of money. Now, doesn't mean we're not trying to excuse him. We're just saying that he made some dumb decisions. And then did one of the other dumb decisions was not really commit to his game and sharpening his game on the field. True. Uh, but I don't think that makes him a dummy. Uh, I got we got a couple other really cool texts. Uh, you know, appreciation for me from the nine one three, and thanks and respect for me, and I appreciate that. Like I said, me sharing that was just something on my heart. Had nothing to do with uh, you know the attaboys and stuff like that. But I do appreciate you guys taking time and nine one three and the seven eight five acknowledging that. Uh, just try to like uh, like the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sh- you know sharpens another so that's what we try to do that's what i've tried to do in my life and uh we'll continue to try to do but my guy sean barber yeah um as we, and we'll have a quick segment here but sean barber had to leave his dad passed away uh this past week um sean kind of knew it was coming his dad was older what did he say he was 87 yeah i believe so 87 yeah. years old and um he, uh, Sean and I had a conversation many weeks ago in regards to, he's from Virginia, I'm from Jersey, and the dynamic of all of our family is not here. I mean, all of our family is there, yeah. and none of it is here. And the dynamic of, well, when family members pass away or when they get sick, inside this pandemic and outside this pandemic. And he's like, you know what, I, I've made peace with my family, and I've had peace in my heart from the Lord that... I'm just not going to be able to make it back for every one of those deals. And that dynamic is real for a lot of people. Now, fortunately for him, uh, in this situation, next week, he's not going to be on the show. He's going to be back. So we're sending out prayers to he and his family and condolences to he and his family for what they're going through, regardless of how prepared you are mentally, how old a family member is, or how sickly they have been for a long time. The hammer, when the hammer drops, it's still hard. Yeah. And um, so I'm sure, um, you know, he is uh, he's a tough dude and uh, he's going to he's getting through it. And he's he's thrusted into that leadership role, I'm sure, to some extent within his family, as most of us are. Yeah. I don't know if that's because we became pro athletes or uh, the nature of how we raise our families or what kind of men we are. But that's also something that um, is put on the shoulders of us. And Barbershop left our show to go to his church because the men's group at his church wanted to surround him with love, food, support. And if you don't have a church home or if you don't have a group of dudes that can do that for you, especially during this time, 
I challenge you guys to go out there and and uh, break down that ego and uh, that persona and and dig into something like that because it's definitely necessary. Uh, you know, we strengthen each other during tough times for yes, sure. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, when we come back, the fourth quarter will be upon us. We got to talk about these Chiefs and this Dolphins preview. And I also want to talk a little bit about the red zone woes. We'll get to that after this. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. All right, we're back. Fourth quarter, Players Only in the building. Joe Mays and myself, I'm Danon Hughes. And our fourth quarter is sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. That's home ownership, business lending, whatever your needs are, U.S. Bank can help you. Every time you say that, I just think of Barbershop just killing it. Yeah. The one day he did. We, uh, we, I, I want to get a drop button over here, Julio, so when Barbershop <laughs> comes back, or maybe one of like the cartoons where it's some big... Uh, boxing glove comes down and bops him on the top of the head anytime he says something. Shasha We may have to work on that for next year. But talking about this year right now, we got the Chiefs and the Dolphins coming up this week. A tough game. Yeah. They have four games left. This is the fourth quarter of the season. You got the Dolphins, Saints on the road. Then you come back home for the Falcons and then the Chargers. But this Dolphins team is pretty good. Yeah, they are. Um, it, they're, they're, they're really good, especially on defense. Yeah. Um, they take the ball away, and on offense, they don't, get a ball away, they don't get a ball up too often. So, um, and, they're, and they're fairly good on, on special teams as well. Yeah. So they're a complete team. He, um, they're basically building the Miami Patriots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, mean I, think, I think, you know, just the way that they've, they've evolved since the head coach has been there, um, he's, he's really turned them over. So, yeah, they're a really good team. They, and, and it's going to be a tough game because they're a team that they, they're pretty balanced on offense. And like I said, their defense is tough. Yeah. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some mistake-free football, not giving up the ball, um, being able to hold on to the ball a lot longer because once they get it, they, they like to chew the time off the clock. So, um, yeah, I think this, this is going to be a, one of those real – challenging games and it's going to be a playoff style football oh yeah it's playoffs for the dolphins it right is. now they're it fighting is. for their playoff lives and they have everything to gain in this game yep. not just in standings but if you can beat the defending super bowl champs on your home field where they won the super bowl just a few months ago you can use that as momentum through the rest of their season and Absolutely. they have, they have a couple of difficult games as well and they're trying to win the afc east the Buffalo Bills are in their way right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot is on the line. And if you're Brian Flores, and I, I just think he's done one of the, the most amazing jobs flipping an organization, and I would not be surprised if he does not get a lot of or garner a, a lot of the Coach of the Year uh, awards or uh, uh, you know, adulation, and definitely, respectively so. I think yeah. he, he's earned it. Uh, and you think about this team. They were constructed. They had one of the better safeties in the game, and Minka Fitzpatrick, and they traded him away to yeah. the Steelers. And at that time, you thought, what in the world were they doing? That's they somebody doing? you can build or, an organization around, not just a defense. Good kid. And I know Minka, he's from Jersey. Um, and you gave, you gave him away. But what he had in the back of his mind and how that organization supported Brian Flores, you got to give them respect. And it's going to be a tough, tough foe. I mean, last week, like you said, their defense is solid. They held the Bengals to seven points. 
They uh, had 406 total yards in that game. Uh, They are a team that plays exceptional special teams. Not just good, exceptional Exceptional. special teams, especially in their coverage units. They have a kicker and a punter that both can boom the ball and are very accurate in the kicking game as well. As you mentioned, their giveaway takeaway, they are tied for fourth in the NFL in giveaway takeaways. They are second in the NFL in taking the ball away. Uh, They have 21 takeaways uh, for the season, and they are first in the NFL on defense in third down percentage. So two areas that we haven't necessarily been our best at are two areas that they are really strong at. So uh, this is no pushover game. No. By no means. Uh, This is definitely a game that can jump up and bite you, but hopefully the Chiefs uh, can be prepared and ready to go. They're not thinking about the Super Bowl (laughs) and what happened, what, 11 months, uh, 10 months ago? Nine months ago. Nine months ago down there. Uh, some really good things. I noticed if you look at their schedule over the last few years, they've, they've dominated the state of Florida uh, this year, last year, et cetera. So um, good things happen to them when they go south, and hopefully they can get that done. My keys to the game, and hopefully everyone out there will listen on 106.5 The Wolf uh, on Sunday for our broadcast and our pregame show with myself and Josh Klingler and Mitch Holtis and Dan Israel. Uh, taking care of business. We got to take care of business. We got to take care of the football. As I mentioned, they take the ball away. They feed off of that. When you don't play a team very often, uh, I kind of compare the Dolphins to like an NFC team. You don't, they don't just seem to land on our, on our radar, on our schedule very often. You got to be careful about surprises. There's no familiarity mm-hmm. with that kind of organization. So you got to be prepared for reverses, onside kicks, anything. They are a desperate tr- team trying to keep momentum and get into the playoffs. Red zone, on the road, you need sevens, not threes. We need to score touchdowns and not lean on field goals. It's good that Harrison Bucker has gotten his groove back and back in a rhythm, but we want to keep him just relegated to extra points over these next few weeks. We need touchdowns. Yep, that's true. Well, thanks a lot for everyone listening. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week. Remember, players only, myself, Joe Mays, and most of the time, Sean Barber, we're here. Julio is our director and our leader and our boss and every other tag. He keeps us in line back there. We appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, be back with us next week. Hopefully we're talking about a ch- another Chiefs win, inching closer to that number one spot. We'll see what the Steelers can get done on their side. But we thank you all for tuning in. Be back with us next week, players only. Peace. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.